Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Levers. Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, and let's see if I can remember the script that we just followed <laughs> so that we can follow the train tracks that we just laid. And they were train tracks of gold, James Frankwell, but now we're we're going to flounder to try to get that lightning and put it back in the bottle. What, what's happening on your end? Well, my computer decided that it was just done with your nonsense, and it just went completely black. Oh. <laughs> Both monitors at once <laughs> shut off. I had no idea if the computer was on or off. It turned out it was still on, but it wasn't like it had gone to sleep. It was like it... Uh, it just tried to self-delete. It heard Steve Olivas' voice and said, no more. The machine world can only be subject to so much abuse, especially since you were calling us from the most disgusting of places, because clearly you have what? no respect for us or yourself. Uh, James, we bring our viewers to exotic locales. We're like uh, one of those travel channel shows. I I'm in the bathroom right now. I can't help that you're in the same place every single time we record. I offer a little variation to our people. This is, this, this fills me with sadness, but at the same time, I guess <laughs> I am a little bit envious because in your bathroom there, I mean, you, it's like your fortress of solitude. There's nobody pounding uh, on the door the instant you close and lock it. Like here, it's like an <laughs> alarm. It's like I send off a signal to the entire house that if I am in that bathroom, suddenly every other person in a 25 mile radius needs it right at that moment. First of all, I, I, there's no lock on this bathroom door, James. Oh, oh, I mean, oh. This is the, the kind of luxurious lifestyle that I lead. But secondly, you live in like a Victorian mansion. There's got to be 12 or 14 bathrooms in that place. You don't have that many kids. Uh, you know, we definitely don't have that many bathrooms, but I, I've seen houses like that. I mean, not in person because they have armed guards and fences and things, but... <laughs> known to peruse Zillow from time to time for the, you know, local mansions popping up. And it always blows my mind. The house will have like six bedrooms and 25 bathrooms. I, I just, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, how much do rich people poop? Do they all have irritable bowel syndrome that they can't like walk to the one bathroom per person? They have to like have six bathrooms per butt. I don't, I don't understand. But you, you have lived in one of those neighborhoods before. So perhaps you yeah. can enlighten me. Oh, I, I lived in the neighborhood, James, but I, far be it for me to approach any of those houses. Are you kidding? I think the big house that we lived in had four, one, two, three. I think we only had four bathrooms in our house. A mirror. So it, it wasn't like... Uh, it wasn't like one of those that you look up on Zillow. So you had a mere four bathrooms for two people. You were but impoverished. I mean, you at any time, if you had to go to the bathroom, you could you could only choose from two two personal bathrooms. Uh, that, uh, that that really that says something about your li your lifestyle. I mean, my mom grew up. There were nine kids, and they had one bathroom. And at the earliest part of their childhood, and this part is sketchy. There there was an outhouse involved. So. Uh, Times could be tougher, but not, not for Steve Olivas in the Steve Olivas manner with two <laughs> bathrooms per butt. No, we had, we had five. I, I had to think it through. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's been a minute since I've been in that house. 
We did have five, yeah. Because uh, there was the master bedroom that had uh, the bathroom in the ensuite. And then one of the bedrooms upstairs had a bathroom. In no, my God, did we have six bathrooms? Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> There's a good chance we had six. I don't remember anymore, James. I'm trying to block that part of my life out. But in fairness, at one point, we had two 18-year-old boys living with us, and so there were four people in that house. You understand? I have never lived in a house so large that I could not accurately count the number of bedrooms. Or bathrooms. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could also count the number of bedrooms. I could count every, every room because there were like four. There were like four rooms. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here. I mean, we've gone from the days when, you know, Abraham Lincoln growing up, and he had three walls. He had a three-walled cabin. They couldn't even afford wall number four. And here's Steve Olivas with six or seven or possibly nine bathrooms. Who's to say? Because you would need a golf cart just to traverse the entirety of your house, and you can't be bothered to go that far. Well, the house was on three levels, and it didn't have an elevator, much to your surprise, I'm sure. So a golf cart wouldn't quite have worked. We needed like a hovercraft or something. Maybe a series of escalators. I, there's got to be some workaround for you rich folks to prevent you from actually using your legs. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. That house was all kind of all right. Our son is still angry that we moved out of that place <laughs> and moved out here. But he wasn't the one that had to pay for it. That's my excuse. So in a given week, out of those six bathrooms, how many of those would you personally use? Uh... <laughs> Two, one was uh, by my... <laughs> now, before I say this word, James, I have to define the word. Uh -oh. But my podcast studio had a bathroom also, but it wasn't a studio. It was like a giant walk-in closet that was on the second floor. And there was a bathroom <laughs> across the hallway from it. So when I would do a lot of recording or in there for a while, I would use that bathroom and I'd use the one in our bedroom. And then there was another one downstairs that I would use because it was sort of tucked away and gave me ample privacy to do the things that a man needs to do. When I uh, worked at the newspaper for my brief and glorious tenure as a night cops reporter in Indiana, I, uh, I was in this, the newspaper building. You know, once upon a time, newspapers were a big deal. And over the decades, this newspaper, before newspapers collapsed, it had grown and expanded. And it was like two separate buildings that had been conglomerated together. Ooh. They bought both, and they knocked out walls between them, but the floors didn't necessarily line up. So it was kind of like an M.C. Escher <laughs> painting. There were kind of stairs up and down everywhere. It especially if you branched out from the newsroom, it was always unsafe. And I was there like late at night and uh, when there was like six other people in there. But I, one time, like, like near the end of my tenure, it was, I really waited to the end to find this. I, I started wandering and I found like a bathroom a mile away that I'm pretty sure no other soul had ever used. And it was amazing. Ooh, it was like I had, cool. yeah, I had my own corporate bathroom that I used all of twice. Uh, but I look back, that's probably my favorite work experience for my entire work history. Just right there, the one day I found a hidden bathroom. <laughs> it was mine and only mine. And I'm sure you did not tell a soul about this this find of yours. Not until now, and uh, I have to kill you. So <laughs> that's just, it's secret will go to my grave. Although actually, that newspaper, the newspaper exists, but they moved it way out to the uh, the boundaries of town and put it in like a warehouse. Just one of those giant 
empty buildings that you can rent out like a you know 10,000 square feet from or however much you need and now that old building or the conglomeration of old buildings it's uh, condos so that that secret oh, bathroom oh. is probably somebody's kitchen now which is uh, yeah. I, I I don't know oh. if they realize what kind of natural gem they destroyed to create that you need to send them a little card or a letter and all it says and like cut out newspaper print and put assemble the letters to say I pooped in your kitchen and uh, just leave that under their door and and uh, I you'll never know the fruit of your labor but it's it'll be funny on the other end. Yeah, I mean everything I do is amusing and fills people with delight, especially my messages about poop. So I think what? we can just assume that that uh, they, they would be they would be filled with awe to hear from me, a random newspaper reporter who worked there for a year, fifteen years ago. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be wowed by my celebrity and by my defilement of oh, their kitchen. Oh no, no, they wouldn't know it's you. It would be like a ransom note. Like oh, you just slide it under the door and run. That just adds to the charm. I, I really need to take more social cues from you. You seem to know what you're doing about this. People seem to like you. <laughs> I, I was that a compliment? No, 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 no. It was. Is my sarcasm that off? Am I that broken? Has summer made me soft, man? That was a that was the cuttingest of barbs, and you just took it. At, you just took it at face Ow, value, man. I'm man. I'm flattered. <laughs> I I didn't know you had it in you. I'm seeing a whole nother softer side of James Breakwell. I'll tell you what, it's taken 200 and some odd thousand episodes to get here. But finally, you've cracked, James. And the true feeling, the spirit of what you have inside for me comes flowing out. And I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I appreciate it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a cheat sheet for you or just give you the description to make a cheat sheet for yourself. So I hope you have a pen and paper ready. Uh, all insults, all insults are meant literally. All compliments are meant sarcastically. <laughs> just apply that oh. universally to everything I say. Now you're trying to walk it back because you're embarrassed. And I, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot in front of like uh, how, how many hundreds of thousands of people do we have doing this? But... <laughs> I, I know, just you and me. It's going to be our little secret, James. Which actually helps bond us even closer. Uh, you're like the newfound bathroom in my media building. That, that's the way I look at you now, James. It's it's delightful. You know, really, as much as I'm mocking your bathroom situation or you know being jealous of it, uh, you kind of got the extremes there. Because on the one hand, you've got a bathroom with no lock in your main house. On the other hand, you uh, you pee off your front porch, which is utterly disgusting and lacks all privacy. And on the other other hand, we're up to three hands now, you do have an entirely separate cabin filled with snakes, but that does have a separate bathroom. <laughs> so you could use a separate bathroom in a separate building and have and, um, on top a hill, which no one will ever ascend, gated off from the rest of the world. I mean, that's privacy on top of privacy on top of privacy. Like, you probably have to go to a base in Antarctica to find a more isolated toilet than you have in that other cabin yeah and uh, i like how you said that peeing outdoors lends no privacy to the peer <laughs> i'm thinking what are you kidding god beat you to it i have privacy everywhere that i pee james and it's not just off the front porch i'm just gonna leave that little nugget sitting right there for you hey. I don't know why you would pay all this money for this property and spend so much time landscaping it and then just defile it on a daily basis. What? Have you no respect? No respect? That this land is defiled daily by the coyotes, James. I can't tell you all the places we found their poop. In fact, 
So our dog, uh, we have like a little pad under a protected roof for him to pee on. But when he's feeling big, like in the morning, we'll, we'll trot out toward the grass and he can pee like a regular dog, <laughs> like the mighty timber wolf from which he has descended. But there was a little patch of grass that he likes to pee on. But about four days ago, he stopped short and sort of stared at that patch of grass and then turned around and walked right away. He hasn't approached it since. <laughs> and I'm guessing that the coyotes, one of them, came up and peed on that patch of grass just to show him up. Because their goal is to completely de just desecrate everything on this ranch. They poop on everything. They pee on everything. And now they've ruined the one little piece of, of, uh, of natural pleasure that my dog has because he won't go to his little patch of real grass anymore. So, no, James, my peeing everywhere is to give the coyotes notice that there is a more dominant sheriff in town. I saw a coyote video last night where um, it, was, it was out west somewhere in one of those states where everything eats everything and human beings shouldn't be living. And uh, a coyote <laughs> got inside a fence and there were two little dogs at a doggy door and uh, one of them ran outside and the coyote chased it, seeing an easy meal. They were about the size of your dogs. Then the other yeah. dog, he was 11 pounds, he was half Yorkie, half... Uh, half something else and he uh he had all of three teeth and he ran out there after that coyote and he chased it off this they're just those wow. little dogs they're so ornery and they're so dumb that even even the wild beasts are afraid of them <laughs> yeah the only thing i can think of that matches that here because <clears throat> our dog uh would chase a coyote right up to the point that he gets eaten but we have uh, red-tailed hawks flying around here, and the crows will chase them off, and the hawks flee when the crows come after them. <laughs> and the crows will be yelling at the hawk while they're chasing it off. Crows are probably the apex predator around here. They fear nothing. They have a brain the size of a popcorn kernel, and yet it is all seething hatred and rage. I, I, I don't like birds in general, James. I think they're all evil. But crows are at the top of that chart. I grew up in a place that claimed to have the largest concentration of crows in North America. Really? Yeah, I don't know if there's any like anything to back that up. I don't know if there's yeah. any science. I actually Googled it one day because this was the title the place had given itself. And I did find an article in a newspaper I used to work for that backed it up. And it was talking <laughs> about flocks of these crows they were estimating. And they, it, the article was actually about how the flocks of crows were down because that year they had a mere 300,000. And a few years before there had been 400,000. But the bird flu or something else came out through and got them. Uh, we used to, when my mom and I had a paper route, we'd go through and do early in the morning when, it, when all the leaves were dead. There would be just hundreds and hundreds of crows lining these trees looking down oh. at us. There were so many. that There was a, there was a spot by the, by the YMCA that I used to run by uh, when I was training for college. And they would just nest up there all the time and poop. And uh, have you ever been in a chicken coop, Steve? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, just that concentration of bird poop that, like, the ground is completely white. It's an overwhelming smell. Well, this was outdoors under giant trees, and I ran under those trees, and it was that same chicken coop oh, smell, and I God. threw up. There was that much crow poop. That's how dense these things were. One of the former mayors of this town used to drive around with a little cannon and set it off to scare the crows away. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how we... <laughs> 
I mean, they can fly. That's they how would... he got elected. <laughs> He's the crow scarer. I mean, I don't know. Like, what, did you think he was going to like fire the little cannon and they were going to go like a town over? I mean, they're just going to go to another tree. I don't know what the end game was there, but <laughs> he was just so sick of crows. And that's that's my crow experience. I don't have any of these. Uh, you people have these anecdotes about, oh, they befriended a crow and it brought them gifts and all that. No, crows were just a menacing presence looming above, pooping where they shouldn't and defiling our land. Yeah, and apparently they are fearless. Like, uh, I'm surprised that mayor didn't get attacked in his sleep. <laughs> I'm sure the crows may not have opposable thumbs, but they have talons with long, or they have fingers with long talons, and they could have picked that guy's lock and uh, eased in under the cover of darkness, and he would have been massacred in a way that I don't think anyone could have identified. Crows are big. Now, I can't, I can't accurately quantify them because I never got that close because I wanted to live. But I would say two crows are the size of one chicken, would you say? Two crows is equal one chicken, maybe three? I mean, they're a pretty sizable bird. Out here, it's less than two. We, we have some giant crows out really? here. Really? Man. Yeah. You have it's like... more than one. I mean, a chicken is still a little bigger, but it's less than two. So you have crows that are two-thirds the size of a chicken, let's say. I mean, yeah. that's... But yeah. they can fly, and they can think, yes. and they can kill. And apparently, they recognize faces. They, they've, uh, they've got good memories, and they don't remember the good times. Like, <laughs> oh, that's the guy that saved my life in the war. No, all they remember is that's the guy that... Uh, pulled out his shotgun and almost took us out at the feeder that one time because he hates us. Yeah, I, I don't like him, James. I used to hate the Turquino crime syndicate, but the turkeys now have uh, at least become endearing to me, even though they chase off the deers because they're fearless and evil also. But the crows, man, the crows, they, they rule. Their black hearts rule this place. And whatever they want goes because they'll put pressure on until death. Yeah, and you never, uh, I mean, like, turkeys are, are, are stupid. Like, every once in a while, somebody will hit a turkey with their car, which is amazing because turkeys can fly. Nobody ever hits a, a crow with their car. One never swoops no. low in front of it. They, they, you never, like, crows never die from accidental causes. If they die, it is, it is an actual premeditated murder, which is consequently the name <laughs> of a group of crows. You know, which is like, yeah, 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 go ahead. Uh, we were just talking. We went to a Memorial Day party yesterday, and I was talking to a guy about crows, ironically. Really? I had no idea we would bring this up. And I think you brought it up, didn't you? Wow, I don't remember how we even got here. But he said something that I had actually talked to Mrs. Steve about. He said, hey, have you noticed crows are starting to eat roadkill? And I said, yes, I have noticed that. And it's, I don't know if it's an evolutionary thing, but... I don't know if you've ever seen a buzzard up close, James, like a vulture, mm -hmm. but they are enormous pterodactyl-sized birds, and the crows around here now are chasing them away. And buzzards don't come in ones or twos. They'll come like in a group of 20 if there's something big dead on the side of the road. And now the crows have turned from like cedivores to carnivores, and their crows are eating roadkill. I have almost hit them with my car in just the past month or two. So I, they're, eventually Skynet will be overtaken by crows and they're going to build Terminator crows and our species is dead. Yeah.
Ak, does it in fact feature crows or is it some other monstrous bird? It's funny that you think I am of the generation that have watched Hitchcock's The Birds. I don't think, you know, that's one of the horror movies that I don't believe has been remade. Specifically, obviously, there's a bunch of Animals Gone Wild horror movies, but I don't think The Birds has ever been remade. So, no, I haven't seen it. I've only seen the scene that my dad told me at the time was shocking. And I can't think of the actress's name. He's told me, and I'm sure I've heard it, but she turned, this is toward the end of the film, toward the camera, and her eyes had been pecked out. And uh, everyone was like, uh, they vomited like Breakwell into a public garbage can under a tree in front of the YMCA when they saw that because it was so upsetting. I'm not sure if they were crows, but they may have filmed that in your old hometown, James. Oh, Steve, I didn't make it to a trash can. I was under a tree under 400,000 crows. I puked right there on the grass <laughs> like a civilized human being. Oh, Did you yeah. never get pooped on while you were running under those trees? I mean, when when their concentration was the highest, I only made the mistake of running under them once and then never again. <laughs> Do you get cicadas up by you? Not for you. I don't know. Those things those things are weird. Don't they come like every five years or every ten years? But the way they're stacked. Some people some people seem to get them every year. So over over where I grew up, they seem to get them more often than we do here. Out there in the woods at the county park, uh, I'll hear them. But like here lately, I mean like so far this summer, I have not heard a single cicada. Oh, yeah. One or two. Uh, they're out like crickets once in a while. But I mean when the horde mm. comes... Do you I, not have those by you? I mean, I have heard it before. I have not heard them this year. But yes, we do have them from time to time. The horde, okay, yes. That's about as close as I can come to your crow experience is walking near trees that are covered with probably tens of thousands of cicadas to where you have to hold your e a finger in your ear walking by because it's so deafeningly, screechingly loud now, that's not guano, necessarily, and it didn't cause me to puke, but it is kind of disorienting in the moment. How do I, how do I get that deal where I only have to wake up once every 13 years? I can just snooze <laughs> and hang out once every 13 years. I'll rise up and raise holy hell, and then I'll just go on my merry way, and you won't hear from me for another 13 years. I feel like that is the ideal existence. <laughs> I think there is a seven-year cicada also, but I can't remember. But I know 13 is such a wildly specific number. I'm like, how the heck did that evolve? And what are they doing? And why do they look evil? Cicadas, uh, have you ever seen one up close? Yes, they are terrifying. But even the, even the, the exoskeleton they leave behind, it, it frightens my children. Yes, yes. Well, not if you're a young boy. Then you love pulling them apart. Uh, I remember last time... They were here. My son was in probably third grade and man, he and his friends delighted in grabbing them on the playground and literally pulling their bodies apart at the yeah. segment. And I thought, oh, to be young again. I remember tossing daddy long legs into the campfire camping and just uh, laughing like a mad scientist doing it. And I thought of that story yesterday when we were burning wood and I actually shooed a little spider off of a piece of wood so I wouldn't throw him into the inferno. And I thought, wow, I've really matured as a human being. Not that Breakwell had anything to do with it. You have, uh, you have acquired many enemies in nature. So you've been burning spiders, you've been shooting at snakes, <laughs> you've, been, you've been cursing and uh, defaming turkeys. I mean, there's really, 
there's really no part of nature that does not have a reason to come out and get you. You are enemy number one, and then you moved right there, smack dab in the middle of nature, on top of a hill, where all of God's creations can see you, especially when you're peeing, and uh, I'd watch your back <laughs> if I were you. <laughs> wow, that really brought it home. <laughs> well, that was, that was well done. If we could only end with some variation of number of bathrooms, I think we've covered just about everything. That's great. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, I think we have probably achieved all we can achieve, and uh, I'm afraid of what else you're doing on camera there in the bathroom, so you probably should walk us out of here before we learn more than we want to. <laughs> I am sitting as we speak, <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. So, with that image in everybody's mind, go forth and have a lovely week, everyone. I am Steve, Dr. Steve, the one that Breakwell said people like, doggone it, Olivas, oh. and he is James, so remiss after delivering the compliment of the century. Breakwell saying, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, go sit in the bathroom and lock the door, and until we meet again, remember as always, two wrongs can't make a right. <laughs>